0: Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. My name's Lauren, and I get to be the West Sac campus pastor. And in case you didn't know, uh, we have two campuses two campuses downtown in West Sacramento. And as Aaron just mentioned, we have a building that we purchased in Old Town, Sacramento. And so what we, what we concluded by God's providence is that God wants us to come back together in our new building. Can we give God some praise for what he's doing in our church? <clears throat> it's been absolutely incredible. And so my role shifting as we move in, but I can't tell you how excited we are for this process. I can't tell you how there's, there, there's 100 people in West Sacramento that's super excited about this process. And, um, and so it's happening, y'all. So here's the deal. We have this thing called the Miracle Offering, and I want to throw up a slide for you, and you're going to get this card on the way out, and I want to let you know that this is an incredible opportunity, because what I want to ask you to do is take this card, and I want you to do two things for it. I want you to pray for God to give you a word for 2020, and I want you to write it on there. And the second thing I want you to do is pray for God to speak to you on what do you want me to give to this Miracle Offering? I'm not gonna tell you that you need to give or you should give or you have to give. All I'm asking for you to do is to ask God, what do you want me to give for this special offering? What is this offering going towards? It's going to three things. I almost fell over there a second. It's three things, advance the vision in 2020. It's going to establish our permanent home in old Sacramento. And 10% of this offering, lastly, is going to Project Rescue, which is an absolutely incredible, incredible ministry that is rescuing people, rescuing girls out of sexual slavery and giving them hope, giving them life, giving them freedom and actually placing them with jobs and housing in the world to make a difference. An incredible ministry we've been partnering with since the beginning. It's been over 20 years that they've been on operation and they have, they have ministry happening all over the world. So you're going to get one of these cards on the way out. And I just want you to pray. I just want to ask you to pray. Can you do do that for me, church? It's going to be a great opportunity. And so we're in this series called Our Indomitable Future. And I love the title because it's kind of a tongue twister and a weird word. People are like, what does indomitable mean? Well, I like the tagline a little bit better. It kind of brings some clarity to it. It's all in so we can win. And so today I want to read this passage in Jeremiah 29. And I'm just going to believe God's going to speak to us. This is what it says. Jeremiah 29:12, verses uh, 12, 13, and 14. This is what it says. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Everybody say all. all. You seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you. Declares the Lord, and I will bring back to you the place which I sent you into exile. So, what I want to talk to you today about is all in and seeking God with our whole heart. I want to talk to you today about about being intentional about seeking God with our whole heart, with everything that we have. And so, the tagline in this is all in so we can win. And the first week, we talked about being invested in God's church. It was an awesome opportunity. A bunch of you all signed up for teams that weren't currently on a team. And the last week, we talked about being influential in our city. That was a powerful message. If you didn't hear that one, go back and check it out. And today is about being intentional in seeking God. And so this passage is interesting because it encourages us to, to seek God with all our heart. And so we're talking about going all in so we can win. And so as we look at this, we, we see that if God is saying that we need to seek God with all our heart, then it's possible to seek God with some of our heart, with a little bit. It's even possible to seek God with most of our heart, right? That, that's what I'm concluding by, God saying, hey, I want you to seek me with all your heart. And so what, what I conclude from this as well is that many of us are going to church, many of us are living a Christian life, many of us know who God is, but we're seeking God with some of our heart. And when we do this, we miss out on experiencing the fullness of God. We're missing out on experiencing the fullness of God, but we need to seek God with all our heart. And I wanna talk about what that means. Because recently I, was, uh, I, I went on a mountain biking trip for the first time. I've ridden bikes all my life, but never went on like a legit mountain biking experience. And I was a little nervous, right? I mean, I was ready to go. I'm a thrill seeker, kind of by nature. I like doing crazy things. Uh, if you know me well, I'm, I'm not afraid of a lot of things when it comes to, to going out and doing it. But So I was, I was getting out there, and it was, it was a good starter course to go on a mountain bike. And my friend took me, and he had an extra mountain bike, and it was a legit bike. So I had all the right equipment. We had the right space. But a few minutes into it, I found I wasn't enjoying myself all the way because I was, I was riding the brakes as I was going down these hills. And these hills had a lot, to, lot of ruts and bumps and jumps, and I was just so nervous. I was focused on, man, what if I fail? What if I wipe out? What if I die? And then what, what happened was my friend told me, he's like, bro, you just need to commit And he's like, you just need to go all in. Then you'll enjoy it. And I'm like, all right. I just needed to hear that. He kind of gave me that push on the back. And so I went all in. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to ride my brakes down these hills because it's not fun. And so I decided to go all in. And I'm saying, okay, I'm going to go down like it's supposed to happen. This is how you're supposed to enjoy mountain biking. You're supposed to go all in. When you're riding the brakes down the hills, you're not enjoying it. And I got it. It was like for for the first 10 minutes, I'm like, this isn't very fun, I don't get it. I, I don't, this is supposed to be fun. This is like nerve-wracking and uncomfortable and, and and not fun. But once I went all in, it clicked. And I was like, this is what it's all about. And so my my prayer for you today is that it clicks. I think some of us are here today and we've known God, we know who he is, but we haven't gone all in and we're like, man, we haven't experienced the fullness of God. When you experience the fullness of God, some of us is gonna be a light bulb in our head and we say, man, I get it. This is what it's about. It's not just about going to church and complying with God, making sure he's not mad at me, making sure I'm doing the right things and avoiding the wrong things. Man, our relationship with God is personal. He wants us to go all in. He says, seek me with all your heart. And when we do that, we experience the fullness of God. So if you're writing stuff down today, which we encourage, and you want to remember the, the thesis, the main idea from this, point, from this message, write down this, write, when we seek God with all our heart, we experience the fullness of God. And so are you experiencing the fullness of God in your life? Are you seeking God with all your heart? Because when you see God with all your heart, you will experience the fullness of God and it will become real. It won't just become a a, a relationship that's like the IRS to, to myself. Like sometimes I think we have a relationship like I have with the IRS and we think I just need to comply, but there's no personal relationship there. It's like, did I do everything right? Did I do everything right? But God's not more concerned about your compliance. He's more concerned about your relationship with him. He is a personal God. And he wants a personal relationship with you. And that's the difference between just knowing information about God. You know, we like know know some things. Like this is God and this is what the Bible said. I remember that verse from when I was in Sunday school when I was a little kid. I heard this talk about and I know God, I've heard that God loves me and I know this information. But experiencing it is a different thing. Like I heard the Grand Canyon was really cool. Like I heard about it, but then I went there is a big difference between hearing about it, knowing about it, but then doing it in person is life changing. I went and I said, man, this is even better than what they talked about. I experienced it. Some of us need to experience the fullness of God and we need to do that by seeking him with our whole heart, with everything we have in us. And so my prayer to you, my prayer for you today is that some of us are riding the brakes down the hill and we're cautious, and maybe that's because of things in our past, my prayer for you is that we would go all in. Because we're talking to, in this series, we're talking a lot about reaching our city, we're talking about you know, being influential in our city and, and what God's called this church to do in this city. And by the church, I mean the people of God's church, the people that call Project Church our home, which is all you. You don't go to church, you are the church. And what we've been called to do cannot be accomplished unless we're seeking God with our whole heart. We can't lead people to go somewhere that we're not going. See, we want to we lead this city. What's our vision statement here at Project Church? To lead all people to find life and freedom in Jesus. We can't lead people where we're not already going. Are we experiencing that life? Are we experiencing the fullness of God so that we can lead people to that same place? We cannot experience that fullness of God without seeking him with our whole heart. And I wanna talk about what that means. And I'm actually gonna look at this passage in Daniel chapter nine. What I love about scripture is that it all connects. It was written at different times, but it's confirmed, some people doubt the validity of scripture. But if the more you study it, the more it's like, man, you can't make this stuff up. Because 70 years prior, Jeremiah was written. And 70 years later, Daniel Wrote, uh, was writing with the story and the account of Daniel was being told and it fulfills the prophecy that was happened 70 times. There are hundreds, probably thousands of occurrences of the fulfillments of pros- prophecy that connect. And so what's cool about this verse in D- Daniel chapter nine, it is the fulfillment of Jeremiah 29 that we just read. God was saying, hey, you're gonna seek me with your whole heart and you're gonna find me. And, and if you all remember what was happening at this time, they were in captivity. The Israelites, the people of, of, of God's chosen people, the nation of God, the nation of Israel, were God's chosen people. They were, being cap- they were taken captive and brought into slavery, brought into captivity in Babylon. They were under the thumb of the Babylonian rule. And it was going to be 70 years jeremiah had the hardest job he was the bearer of bad news and he told everybody hey it's going to be rough people are going to come in and handcuff you and pull you from your families and take you into captivity take you hostage it's going to be rough but at the end of these 70 years what did he say he said you're going to seek me you're going to pray i'm going to hear you you're going to seek me you're going to find me and and what is amazing is daniel prayed this prayer in verse three that we're going to read right now and it's the fulfillment of this verse. Anybody else get excited about seeing the fulfillment of prophecy happen right here and it's connecting written dozens of years apart? I love it. So here's what, here's what we're gonna look at. Daniel chapter nine, verse three through five. This is what it says. Then I turned my face to the Lord. And this is God, or sorry, this is Daniel praying to God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy and with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Do you guys bring your sackcloth and ashes today? The guy's like, what? I prayed to the Lord, my God, and made confession saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong, acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. I know we prayed a lot today, but I just wanna pray God's word would speak to us. This is his word and it has power. It is living and active. So I wanna pray mainly for me, But also a little bit for you. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would uh, speak through me. Let me decrease so that you can increase. And it wouldn't be my words. Let it be your words. Give us hearts to receive and be changed, encouraged, so we can experience the fullness of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm not going to tell you how to do this. Because I don't don't believe there's a three-step process to this is how you seek God with your whole heart. With all your heart. Because I, I think it's a personal relationship, just how we all connect with one another different. But I want to talk about what Daniel's prayer meant and what happened when Daniel's pray, prayer was happening, when he was fulfilling this prophecy. And, and kind of the focus of this, of this, this uh, verse right here in Daniel chapter 9 is that Daniel is finding these truths. See, he's experiencing God. He's seeking God with his whole heart. And here's the thing. And what did he say? He said, when you seek God with all your heart, you will find me. And does anybody else kind of think that's weird? You like you'll, you'll find God. Like, does that mean He's hiding? Like, where is He at? Like, is He under the bed? He's behind the couch. Like, it's in the closet. Where is He hiding at? But the reason He wants us to seek after Him is because it's a personal relationship. And so, he, but but when we find God, we don't just find Him. What I believe, and the focus of this passage, is that when we find God, we find truth. And the truth will do what? The truth will set you free. Some of us are, are in captivity like the Israelites were, and we need to find truth. God is truth. Some of us are living out of lies. Some of us need to be like be like that one song by, uh, we need to cut ties with the lies we've been living in. Who is that? Help me up. Third Eye Blind, thanks. That's actually, hey, hey, they may not be the best band, but they got some truth right there. Y'all need to cut some ties with the lies you've been living in. I don't know where that came from, Sorry. But we live in these lies, and when we, when we experience God, we experience the fullness of God, when we seek after him, we find truth, and the lies become more apparent. You know, these lies that we've made agreements to, these thoughts that we said, okay, this is truth, we, we, we break those, we cut those ties, because we experience the truth, we experience God, and we find God, and we find truth. So I believe there's a few things that, that Daniel found right here, these, these truths about God. That, that I believe changed our lives. And so, so when experiencing the fullness of God will mean that we're finding truth and the truth does set us free. That's not just a verse in scripture that makes make us feel good. That's, that's power. That's truth. We find the truth. It will set us free because it breaks the bondage of lies. And you know, the enemy is the deceiver, right? His main thing, his main job. Remember what he did at the beginning? His, his first thing he did what did he do? He deceived. And the enemy's goal is, man, if I could get you to believe a lie, I've won. But when we seek God, we'll experience freedom because truth brings freedom. So here's, here's a few things I want, to, I want to encourage you with. And then we're going to pray and I believe freedom is going to happen because we experience the fullness of God in this place. And so when you seek God, just, just look, up, look at verse 4 for a second. It's awesome. Oh, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments isn't that isn't that great so daniel man he's, he's lived through this entire thing so you have to understand daniel was a teenager when he was taken in, into captivity and what did jeremiah say it was going to be 70 years daniel lived through that entire thing could you imagine your entire life you're in kept like that's that's pretty much his entire life he was a teenager he got taken into captivity, and here we are. He's in his 80s, and so that's all he knows. That's, that, that's the majority of his life is his captivity, and you would think he'd be a little bitter about it, right? You would think he'd have some things to complain about. You would think he has some things to tell God how he really feels, but what does he say? He says, great and awesome God. You keep your commandments and steadfast love. Do you know what, what happens when you see God? You find the truth of his faithfulness, do you know God has been faithful to you? Do you believe that? Because some of us have it wrong. Some of us have a laundry list of things that we're blaming God for. And we're like, God, you haven't been faithful. We, we, we make up these, we conclude these things that point God as very unfaithful, as leaving us in the dust because of our selfish mindset. Let's just be real. Because we're looking, man, just at ourselves. And God, you, you left me here. God, you, you let my grandma die of cancer. Why would you do that? You haven't been faithful. God, you let me go through all this stuff, these relationships that were hurt. Man, we don't go through the, through the investigation. We don't take the time to research, but we base our knowledge on assumptions or maybe even what other people have told us. See, this one time, elementary school, there was this one teacher that everybody said was the worst. You know, she was like, oh, she, you do not wanna have this teacher. And so I never actually got this teacher and I just assumed every time I saw her, I was like, you know, like you just don't wanna have this teacher. And I, but then one time I was part of this program as an after school program where we'd study afterwards. And I, I had her as the leader of this thing, as the teacher for this after school program. And I found out she was awesome. And all my friends who were saying, man, she's the worst, she's the worst. My sister and my brother were like, dude, she's the worst. Watch out. Don't, you don't want to have. And I'm like, dude, she's actually really awesome. And so often we can make conclusions based on assumptions. You know, we be, we think, man, God doesn't love me. Our, our, we'll go really fast. We're like, man, God God didn't heal me of my sickness, so God doesn't love me, God doesn't care about me, and my whole life's a mess. But when we seek after God in the midst of those hard times, just like Daniel was, Daniel was in the midst of a really hard time, but he sought after God, and he found the truth of God's faithfulness. As he came into God's presence and said, God, I'm giving you all my heart, You'll find the truth and you'll realize God has been faithful. His love hasn't changed. It's steadfast. He keeps his commandments. Did you know it's impossible for God to break a promise? He never has and he's not about to start with you. God has been so faithful, but often we don't realize it because we don't go through the effort of seeking after God with our whole heart. But when we do that, we find the truth of God's faithfulness. And I I believe that'll change things around. Because look at the facts. When we look at the facts, we find that the, the hard factual evidence. See, see, a lot of the Israelites were like, man, God's the worst. He hasn't been faithful. But Daniel looked at the facts that God has done exactly what he said he was going to do. Look at the facts. God has been faithful. And when we look back, we see the faithfulness of God. When we seek him, experiencing the fullness of God is often just becoming aware of how, God, how good God has been. And when we seek him, all of a sudden we just become aware, we realize these things. We realize, man, those, the, the, our history, our past, that we looked at by, in the in, in light of God's unfaithfulness, we come to realize, we come to the truth that God has been faithful. Seek him, you'll find the truth of his faithfulness. Second thing is this in verse five, it says, we have sinned and done wrong. That was Daniel. And if you know the book of Daniel, man, he was, he was a righteous guy. He stood up for the Lord. Everyone told him to bow down to the statue. Everyone told him, do not pray. But he was faithful to God. He was a righteous man. But still, what did he say? He doesn't say they've sinned. He doesn't say, man, these Israelites have really screwed up. But he owns his sin. We are all filled with sin. Let's just level the playing field. None of us are more righteous than the other in here, all right? But we're only made righteous by the gift of of salvation, we're made righteous by what Jesus did on the cross, he gives that. We can't earn it, a gift isn't a gift if it's earned. And so we have righteousness because of what God has done and he gives it to us. But Daniel owns the sin and, and he doesn't try to hide it. See last night uh, we, were, we were having dinner and my, my almost three year old uh, didn't wanna eat her dinner so she goes and goes over on the couch and uh, a few minutes later, I was looking and I hear this crumpling, <laughs> sounded like a bag of chips and some, some movements and she had some in her mouth. I'm like, hey, Holland, was that a bag of chips? And right when I said that, she grabbed the bag of chips and shoved them under a pillow and she's all, mm. I'm like, is that a bag of chips? Mm-mm. I'm like, uh, okay, well, I'm pretty sure I saw a bag of chips and I'm pretty sure your mouth is filled with chips right now. And you know you're not supposed to be doing that, you're supposed to be eating your dinner. And I thought it was kind of cute, so how you discipline a two-year-old is difficult to navigate at times. But overall, I thought it was cute and a great point today is that we do this with God. We, we do this we, with God, God. You know, we, we have this idea. It's like, man, I know God's not down with this thing that I did last week. I know I had sin in my heart. I know I have these sins. But what do we try to do? Our instinct is to hide. In the Garden of, you know, the Garden of Eden, what did they try to do? When they found out there was sin, they hid. For some reason, we have this instinct to hide our sin from God, which is hilarious. Like What are you going to try to hide from God? But God honors it when we bring things to him. Man, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins. And we need to come to the the truth of our sin is that we have it and God will forgive it. Don't try to hide it. Come to the truth and own it. Man, I'm not trying to hide my sin. I'm a pastor. I know I have sin in my life and I bring that to God and I find the truth of that sin. And you know what the biggest lie with our sin is? Is that sin equates to shame. Some of us are living in shame because we're hiding it. My daughter put that under the couch and she felt shame. She's like, oh, no, my dad's going to be mad at me. So many of us are looking at God saying, man, God's going to be mad at me. God's mad at me because I did this. But God said he is faithful. John John chapter 1 verse 9 says, God is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. We need to come to that truth that there is no shame in the presence of God. You come into God's presence, you don't have shame. He's not looking at your sin and saying, hey, I'm gonna remember this. But you know what the book of Micah says? He says, I'm actually casting your sin as far, I'm into the sea of forgetfulness. And the psalmist wrote, God is, is putting the sin, your sin is as far as the east is from the west. And he's saying, I'm not just going to remember this. I'm not keeping score. Man, you screwed up three times this week. Man, you, you, this dude filled up, screwed up 12 times today. I'm keeping this. No, there is no shame. He's not keeping track of your sin. But God is releasing righteousness and he's forgiveness in your life. That is the truth that we need to find about our sin. <laughs> Amen. And, and here's the last thing I find. There's, a lo- there's The next dozen verses or so is, is, is Daniel repenting. And repenting means a changing of our mind and changing of our direction, and, and He owns His sin. But the second thing, or the third and last thing that we find when we seek God with our whole heart is we find this truth of God's mercy. See, we become fully aware of our sin, we own our sin, but, but with that, that truth of the sin comes the truth of His mercy and grace that He is continually to forgive us. And and verse 18, what does it say? It says, we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness. We're not righteous, but but, but what? But because of your great mercy. You know what mercy is? It's it's holding back something we deserve. See, grace is an extra bonus. Grace, my my old pastor told me grace is like this, mercy's like this. Grace is getting something you you didn't deserve and mercy is holding back something you did deserve. And this mercy, the punishment of sin is death, according to Romans three twenty three. But but God is telling you, no, I have mercy, and I took up that payment of sin on the cross for you. And there is this mercy, and there is this grace that covers your sin. And when we find the truth of His mercy, we become released from that sin. And some of us today have been hiding. We've been hiding this, this, this sin from God because that's our natural instinct. And I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm here to give you hope. I'm here to give you so much hope because you, if you're here in this place and you feel that shame, man, there is so much hope for you. You're not, you don't need to live in this shame anymore. I'm here to give you hope because there is so much hope in the presence of God. He brings about hope in your life and he covers that shame and gives you hope. And knowing that you are redeemed, knowing that you are forgiven and knowing he's looking at your sin and he's saying, I'm casting that as far as the East is from the West. Don't even worry about it anymore because I am forgiving you and you are made righteous. It's a gift I'm giving you. And some of us just need to receive that gift of righteousness that overcomes our shame. We're not supposed to live in shame today, church. I felt God put that on my heart, that we cannot live in shame because when we live in shame, we're limiting what God can do in our life. See, shame, I heard a pastor tell me this recently, is that shame says I'm not and fear says I can't. Some of us are living in both those things. In fear, and we say, man, I can't do this. But shame is really a point of emphasis this morning, is that shame says, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not capable and I'm not worthy. Cut those ties with that lie. I believe there's some spiritual breaking that needs to happen with this idea that shame and our identity is attached to that shame. But your identity is found in the righteousness of God. Your identity is found in the the adoption, that you are a child of God. That's what he says, I'm adopting you. You are now a child of God. That's your new identity. Don't attach your identity to that shame. You are made righteous, you are made new because of my mercy, because of what I did on the cross, not because of anything you did. But take that sin, don't hide it, give it to God and he will make you righteous in your new identity and you will experience the fullness of God. Today, some people need to be set free. Some people need to experience the fullness of God. Some people need to bring our sin and that we will break bondage with the idea that shame is our identity. So I just wanna pray for you. This isn't a guilt trip. This isn't something to make you feel bad, but this is something to give you hope. For some of us today, we haven't been seeking God with our whole hearts and we feel that shame. And, and another word God put on my heart this week was surrender. And that's kind of part of Part of seeking God and, and mainly with that idea that we're hiding our sin, shoving it under the pillow. When we, when we come around the presence of God, we come around church, we're shoving it under the pillow. And this idea that we're just surrendering it to God. I just believe God wants to do something in this place and I don't want you to miss it. Even if it's just for one person, that's it's not about how many or what the impact. I, I, I know God put this on my heart for somebody today and, and it's gonna be a big deal for you because this could be a the change of trajectory in your life when you break this, this tie with the lie and you find truth. Would you all bow your heads in this place? I just wanna pray for you. Lord, just have your way today. We want you, God. We want your will. We wanna experience the fullness of God and your truth. So I pray for all of us today that we will find that. Our hearts will be open and seeking after you. With every head bowed, no one looking around, you're saying, you know what, that's me. I've been living in shame. I've been, I've attached my identity to that shame and I'm hiding my sin and I feel this shame and I wanna experience the fullness of God. I wanna pray for you. You're here today for a reason. Don't miss this opportunity. And I just wanna pray for you. With every head bowed, just put your hand up on the count of three so I know who I'm praying for. One, two, three, just put it up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands going up all across this place. Thank you, you can put it right back down. I want you to stand with me across this room and we're just gonna seek God with our whole heart. We don't have to wait till tomorrow to put this verse into application and start doing what we're called to. We're gonna seek God with our whole, right, our whole heart, with everything we have right now. But first, I wanna lead you in this prayer. You're not saying this to me, but you're, you're praying. I'm leading you in praying to God. Would you say this out loud? Say, Jesus, I need you. I know I have sinned, but I know you're a great savior. I ask for your forgiveness. Give me your righteousness. I seek after you with my whole heart, everything I have in me. I surrender my life. Give me strength and fill me with the fullness of God. In Jesus' name. We're gonna sing this song right now and I want you to do man. Raising your hands is a sign of surrender. I believe we're having the prayer team come up front. If you raise your hand, this is a big deal. If you raise your hand, I want you to meet someone up here I want you to meet someone up here and say, hey, I just need prayer. I don't have shame. This is an opportunity to live this out. I don't care who's looking at me. I don't care what anything's, you know, anybody thinks. I'm walking up because I need prayer. And there is power in this prayer. Would you sing this out? Would you come? And will we seek God with our whole heart? I hope This word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.